Welcome to Growing Your Team, a podcast designed for small business owners seeking to grow their company with the help of employees and contractors. Your time is limited, which means growing and leveraging teams is essential for business success. The Growing Your Team podcast is the place to learn tips and techniques designed to help you know when it's the right time to hire, how to select perfect fit team members, and how to maximize productivity while creating a positive work environment. Drawing from her 10 plus years of leadership and hiring experience, here is your host, Jamie Van Kike. Hello, Jamie Van Kike here, and welcome back to the Growing Your Team podcast. Today, I have on guest Tim Solomson. Tim is a communication specialist with over 30 years of experience in the field of visual arts. He is a well-published professional photographer and videographer. In 2004, he founded a nonprofit organization mobilizing volunteers to serve in under-resourced communities around the world, and then in 2011, he founded what has now become Social Economic Enterprise, a company committed to helping organizations get clarity about their purpose, creating value for their stakeholders, and making a positive contribution to the world. Today, Tim is talking to us about how you can make a social difference in your business, about how even as one small business, you can set yourself up for making a change in setting up your business to be a social enterprise where people want to work and where people want to give you their money in exchange for your products or services because they align with your company's mission, values, and what you are committed to do to make the world better or different or support the causes that matter to you. So let's jump into the interview and hear everything Tim has to say about building up an organization and create an organization that is ready to make a social impact in using it to draw in the right talent for your business. Hi, Tim. Thank you so much for joining us on the Growing Your Team podcast. It's great to be here. Thanks, Jamie. Can you kick us off with introducing yourself? Tell us a little bit about who you are and the business you run. Absolutely. Well, I grew up in a small town in northern Michigan, a place called Charlevoix. It's up by Traverse City, a town of about 2,500. And my parents, uh, they're from the Detroit area, and they wanted to raise us in, uh, in a small town environment. So they started a little, little photography studio back in the early 70s. So I literally grew up in a dark room, just around photography and taking pictures and my dad was uh, pretty renowned, actually, very involved in in in, uh, in the state at the state level, and and so he was an awesome uh, mentor. And I I love creativity. I love telling stories. So uh, anyway, I've always kind of been an entrepreneur, um, kind of altruistic and outward focused, and uh, and. 2004, I started uh, a nonprofit. I had been I spent a lot of time traveling and helping people in the world, and and I and I thought this would be awesome to just uh, kind of mobilize volunteers and get out and help people. And 
so that was a, a driver a key driver for me and a big part of uh, kind of my formation process of expanding my worldview and, and just seeing how you know what kind of needs there were in, in the world so um, so I traveled to over 30 countries with uh, different volunteers in different places and uh, eventually what I what I discovered what I found out was that I, I really wasn't probably going to save the world by myself <laughs> you know it was great taking these small groups and having these little mission trips and and uh you know they were always you know hugely impactful but what i felt and the need that i saw was that there needed to be other avenues or other folks i guess that are um thinking about social change and how to implement social change so uh i thought about the business community i mean churches they try their best at uh in helping their communities but you know, we forget about the business community oftentimes because, you know, it's commercial and it's a, kind of a consumeristic uh, approach, capitalism, you know, you provide something to me and I give you uh, money in return. And that typically has been how we've run businesses. But I thought, you know, with social responsibility and with really where where the where millennials are going uh i mean their their heart is so much about purpose and wanting to be involved in something that's bigger than themselves and and so 2014 i decided okay uh i started social economic enterprises and basically what i do now is i help organizations build brand loyalty and community around a just cause something that you're willing to sacrifice for to advance so basically um, having a a noble purpose behind your business gives gives your business something for your people to to rally around and now that's your that's your employees those are your customers folks that we would call stakeholders and uh and it's kind of the world that we live in we have this the stakeholders and we have the shareholders and the shareholders unfortunately are folks that are looking for you know they're they're the folks that are investing they're looking for quick returns and they want to see profits and they want to see measure, measurable results um but it's it's really about that's about winning and and once again uh simon sinek talks about the the two these two uh, approaches or philosophies of, of business. One is a, a finite approach and one's an infinite approach or finite game and an infinite game. Finite games are ones where there's these fixed rules and agreed upon objectives. And it's basically, like I said, consumerism. I give you something, you give me something in return. And, and everybody knows the rules around, around what that is. Now, an infinite game is really well, you don't know who the players are necessarily <clears throat> the rules change uh, as do the objectives or the objective basically is to perpetuate the game is to keep the game going it's thinking about sustainability in the long run and, and the your hope is just to yeah have sustainability so what i find with the social economy uh, is it's aligned with the infinite game or conscious capitalism and and that's thinking about how 
do we do business in a way that one is sustainable, uh, two, it can engage our, our community. It, it not only gives back, but but provides an avenue or an opportunity or a way for people to get involved with your noble cause. Uh, I, I think about um, a pet groomer. There are lots of pet groomers. Folks are competing, you know, trying to trying to be the best pet groomer. groomer. And um, it's the it's probably the pet groomer that really is demonstrating their concern and care for for animals in general. So that the pet groomer that's inviting their clientele to go and and serve in a local shelter to groom the pets there would be a, an awesome example of someone who has a noble cause has this idea of ways in which they can make the world a better place engage their employees engage their their community um what we call stakeholders in something bigger than themselves and of course people want to do business with folks that are um that care about the world that that are trying to make a difference that are more um, outward focused right so that's basically what we're trying to trying to develop yeah i definitely i love all that there's so many great things of what you said and the first is i love I loved when you made the comment about your journey and you said that you realized you weren't going to save the world by yourself and you needed to figure out a way kind of to bring other people and help other people on this journey because it's something that you can't do alone. And I feel like that's Mm -hmm. such a powerful thing for business owners because there's so many of us that start a business by ourselves and then we can only do so much. So Mm -hmm. it's like in all these different ways, you have to realize that you need to trust others and bring others in and people can work together to achieve this outcome, no matter what that outcome is, whether it's something on the social side, something on the business side that we need to work together and Mm -hmm. expands beyond us. Mm -hmm. And, and yeah, and I love this idea of, you know, companies giving back and, and being a part of the community and showing that they're not just after the dollars, they are after that, that bigger impact and being able to do something with their business that's going to impact people beyond just who their customers are and beyond themselves and their employees by giving people money to do work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. One One of the questions I have is, there's so many people when they're starting their small business, they have this mindset of, I'm too small to make an impact. I'm too small to do that yet. So when it comes to being able to do this, this social enterprise in a business or really be focused on giving back, are you ever really too small? No, absolutely not. And I think that if you can start your business with thinking about your why, that's once again, back to Simon Sinek, he, he wrote a book called Start With Why. And your why is basically the, the thing that is the driver behind why you do what you do. So I'm, uh, I build a relationship with a, with a gal uh, who is starting. I mean, she, this is just, I mean, <laughs> my heart is going out to her because she's just built out this beautiful little store downtown St. Petersburg. And it's, uh, it's, it's called Book and Bottle. And, uh, and 
Tara's put her heart and soul into this thing. And of course, now with the, with the crisis that we're going through with coronavirus, no one's downtown. And, uh, you know, she's got to figure out how she can reach her, her customers or, or, or create a customer base. And uh, she's one person, literally, she, she's, she's doing this on her own. And um, I met her at a chamber event. And I said, um, and, and her heart is very much about, uh, is for the community. I mean, she wants this to be one of these kind of third spaces. Um, Howard Schultz talks about, of Starbucks talks about having these third spaces. And, and, uh, and you know, what I encourage her to do is to think about how she can position herself uh, as a, a respite, a place where people can come. You're not, she's not selling books and she's not selling uh, glasses of wine or, or beer or whatever. She's selling or she's providing an opportunity for people to connect with one another, uh, maybe have a little escape to go and, 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 you know, books create a whole bunch of avenues for us and, and creativity and escape and, and whatnot and learning. And, and so to think of yourself and, and to really dig deep. Now, this is the, this is the part, this is where with what we do, we help businesses think through, go through the process of determining their values, thinking about what they really care about and thinking of getting to that question of what's our, why, what's our, what's our real noble purpose and how are we serving our community and what problem are we solving for our folks? So if people know that, uh, that you care about them. And if you really are solving a felt need, a pain point for someone, you know, a, a single mom, let's say, who, who's got kids, who just needs to get out of the house and wants to get away someplace, well, Book and Bottle would be a fantastic place for her to go build some community, have a connection uh, with the folks there, have a glass of wine, break open a book and do some browsing and and uh that really meets a pain point for for that person so essentially yeah it doesn't matter how how small you are if you can get to the reason why you do what you do and it's and it can't be about the finances it can't be about money that is not a noble cause that's not something people are going to get behind it's people people understand that but it's got to be something that you can build your community around and, and something that is outward focused. It really is serving people. And that's why in marketing, we always I, you know, encourage people to try to create value. I mean, we, we've got a process that we, we walk people through. And, and it's a five-step process. I shouldn't say step, but they, there's five Cs. So once you have your clarity, you know what you're about, what your why is, then creating value is a vital part. And, and I love, Jamie, what, you're, what you do and, and the different uh, resources that you're providing for people and the videos. And, and uh, I've you know, done a little bit of looking through the things that you're offering folks. And, and that creates value for, for people. And once you do that, you're building trust. So you have the, you're establishing trust, then you need to communicate consistently because frequency, being out in front of people consistently is really important. And that's, a, I know, a super hard thing for most small businesses because 
you're just trying to keep the business together and doing social media and sending out emails is, is, is a huge challenge, but it's something that has to be done. Then when you send out your, your communications, you need to call people to action. That's the fourth C. Let people know that you want them to do something. You want to have them call you, set them an appointment, uh, download a coupon, whatever it is, call them to action so that, they, that there's an interaction, there's a, a way for them to get engaged with your product or service. And then finally, make sure you're taking care of the people that are coming on board because it's a lot easier to, to keep your current clientele than it is to acquire new people and far less expensive. So right. those are the five kind of five C's. And, and I, I'll, I promise you the most challenging one is getting the clarity. That's the, the first step. Right. I definitely agree with that. Um, one question that I have that came to mind was, Okay, so we have our why, we know what we want to do, we know how we want to give back and make it part of the community and not just about, you know, earning the money. But one of the things that I think definitely I have a challenge with is how, especially if what are, what is driving us, like our social enterprise is giving back in a way, like maybe to a specific charity or anything like that. And you kind of want to talk about it and you want to make it part of your brand's but is there a difference between, and maybe how do we navigate this, this fine line that I'm seeing in my head, and maybe it doesn't actually exist, and maybe it's something I'm making up, between mm. coming off as this company that wants to do good and want to give back, and coming off as a PR stunt? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. That, and of course, you know, we see this all the time, and, and I think the big differentiator, the way that you, you can know uh whether this is a pr stunt and whether this is actually baked into the dna of of that company or that business organization is is it consistent with with what you're seeing in other parts of what they're doing because invariably you're going to see little um you'll see the messages that they're sending out and and if you do any kind of research you can kind of see their business model or approach and the more closely you're aligned with your why and the, the more that you um, are committed to being uh, we'll say a conscious conscious capitalist or uh, being social responsibility or social enterprise it it begins to kind of uh, flow out of you in different ways as you think through because this is a process you think through uh, when, when we talk about stakeholders, your stakeholders are the folks that, not just people, but uh, the things that you influence, the things that you affect by what you purchase, who you purchase it from, uh, the impact of what you do on, on the planet, on the environment, um, how you treat people. Uh, all these things are a part of, us, of your narrative, of your story. And, and, the, and the more you think about all the different, the different impacts that your business is making from, you know, from your suppliers to your uh, customers, to your, um, the products that you use and the waste that perhaps you, that you go through, 
all that, if you're if you're thinking through those things, it begins to sort of uh, and people can see that they can recognize that. Um, and so, essentially, I, I think what you need to uh, back to your question, Jamie, think about. Um, is what I care about, is this cause truly aligned with my values? Because you see companies that give charitably to, to this cause and that cause or multiple causes, and they call themselves social responsible, social responsible or a social enterprise, but it's not truly a social enterprise when what they're giving to is not in alignment with what they do or or who they are or what product or service that they they offer and that's why you know i say it's it's doing the hard work is not just being generous and offering you know taking five percent or one percent of your earnings and donating it or giving one-to-one -one as some people have that model um but it's actually knowing what your values are and having a cause that 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 speaks directly to and nurtures that and people will, will recognize that people will see that you know if you're like a dog groomer, groomer for example and you're involved in the the rescues the, the animal shelters then that's an alignment but if you're a, a dog lover and have a um, dog grooming service and you're involved in the um uh, well say cancer research people are going to have a they're i mean it's it's wonderful it's a great cause but they're they're, they're going to wonder how is that connected to your business so that's what i'd say about about that right and i oh i definitely think that's so interesting because as you were talking i was thinking in my head of of really you know kind of things being connected to the company and being what you stand for and i kind of think back to when certain people decide to boycott certain companies because they give to to certain mm. organizations that they might not necessarily approve of and mm. there's sometimes where people it's like well does it really matter but listening to what you're saying is the companies that you're going to give to what you're going to do when you're giving back like it should be it should really be attached to who you are and your values of a company mm -hmm. so i can kind yeah. of see that if like you're not approving of places that companies are donating to because you don't approve of those values it you do connect it to the company and those companies values and so you need to be careful of how you're giving back and knowing that it makes an impact on how people's how people view you and your company yeah exactly yeah there's a uh, there's a book uh called the the better world shopping guide and essentially what they've done is they've done the research and kind of address a lot of these issues of what are these larger companies or corporations uh, from banks to um, you know to big box stores you know how are they how are they contributing or how are they detracting from the ecology or um, how they discriminate against their employees or the 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 the, the salary differences you know between the, the executives I mean the the the, the bridge between the haves and the haves not the gap is growing exponentially it's, it's huge uh, you've got you know corporate corporate leaders that are making 400 500 times the minimum 
those who were you know working at the at the lowest levels of the company. And there are companies like uh, Bonner's, their their soap company, five times. You know, we we our executives will only make five times more than what our least paid employees are. And and I you know that's just unheard of. But um, but those are the kind of things. And these, this this uh, Better World Shopping Guide gives you um, a little more insight into where your dollars go. You know and, and you know, kind of to your point, and that's and this is more on the consumer side. But what you're trying to do is be a part of the, uh, you know, as a as a small business owner, you want to eliminate as much as possible the um, the objections that people have to doing business with you, uh, which you know, with a small business, are not going to be as as numerous as with a uh, with a large corporation, for example, but right. uh, but still, I'm I, you know, but I would say, it, your niche, your tribe, your community is is going to, um, I'll say ostracize, but is going to um, define, I guess, the kind of people that you want to work with, the kind of people that you want uh, to do business with, and and who your ideal customer is. So. Yeah, I'm so glad you say that because that's actually what I was thinking in my head is like when you pick what causes you're going to be behind and what really mm -hmm. matches your values, there's going to be people who don't align with that. There's going to be people who decide yes. that they don't want to uh, do business with your company because yes. of that. But it's the same as like when you pick your target audience. For example, mm -hmm. if you're a business that your target audience is moms, not everybody's yeah. a mom, but you're targeting no. those moms because that's what you want. So it's the come. This is the same with your, with being the social enterprise. People might not align with how you want to give back, but that's okay as long that's as you're right. being true to yourself. Exactly, exactly, and it's important because once if you do try to diversify too much, then you lose everybody. You, yes. you've got to be. You've got to be focused on. On who your audience is, and and in order to be successful, uh, especially as a small business owner, and especially like in a business that uh, that you do, Jamie, you, you want to be the guy, the expert in your field. And if you have an audience that grows to be too big, it's not likely you're going to be credible because you can't be. Um, you know, uh, uh, you know, you can't be providing services for huge. I mean, you can, but but <laughs> but people will question. Okay, she works with with you know international um, Fortune 500 companies, but she's also working with small businesses. And you know, I don't know if she's working with them. She's not going to want to work with me. And so all of a sudden, that part of your audience is questioning. You know, do you really know how to work with me? So finding your niche and get and becoming the expert in that specific area is uh, and, and, and thinking about how you need to communicate to your specific audience to, to let them know, listen, you are the authority in this area. And the two things that I always encourage small businesses to try to create or develop, which you've done a great job with, once again, looking at your website, is authority and authority you can establish with um you know the 
the, the degrees that you have and education, but probably the best thing is your testimonials, the, what you've done to help people in the process of getting from here to where they wanna be. So establishing authority and then empathy and making sure that people understand you know where they are. You know the pain points they're experiencing and the frustrations that they're having and you can help them because you've helped others walk through this process of getting from this place of you're stuck and you're, you're, you don't know how to move forward to meeting you as the expert and helping them get to where, where, where they want to be. Right. Yes. So I want to talk a little bit more about building these social enterprises and with teams. So I have kind of a two-part question that I want to, want to get the answers to. So first off, how do you build or how do you leverage this social enterprise to attract quality talent, the right talent? And then how do you get your team on board, especially if having these causes is not something that you built into your company from the beginning, mm -hmm. but now you're realizing that this is something that you want to do. There are causes out there, things you can do that connect to your core values and you mm -hmm. want to bring everybody on board. Well, once again, it's, um, you're, you're not gonna, you're gonna bring on board the people who resonate with your, with your cause. And if you are developing a cause and you already have a team in place, then, you, you have to involve your team in that process of, of creating your corporate, we'll call them corporate uh, values. So if your team, you and your team can decide this is what our, our company or our business is all about together, you're certainly going to get their buy-in because, I mean, they helped you make the decisions about, you know, what it is that your cause is, what it is that you, what problem it is you're solving in the world. And of course they want to be a part of solving that problem. If, if your team is showing up just for a paycheck, then it's not a strong team. Right. But once you have established uh, a cause, there may be people who don't align with that. You know, they, they, they just, you know, maybe they don't believe in that cause and they're, they're not going to be those the folks that are uh you know statistically when when employees buy into the cause and the direction of the the company they're going to be far more productive they're going to be far more committed they're going to stick around longer so your turnover is going to be far less um they're going to be creative because they they care about the, the you know, the direction of the company and the success of the company, because this is something bigger than them. They're, they're, you know, part of a synergistic team, as opposed to a part of just showing up to pay the bills. And, and, uh, you know, so to, uh, to answer your first question, how do you attract those people? Well, obviously this, the stronger your cause is, the more impact that you're making as a company and solving people's problems. The, uh, and, and depending on the, on the culture, on the culture that you're creating as a, as a leader, um, obviously we're finding with millennials that they care 
far more about purpose. I mean, they would take less money and work in a place where there was it was purpose driven than they would getting paid more in a as a cog, as you know, just another part of the the big wheel that's grinding out, you know, whatever it is product or service that you're offering. Right. I love that you said that because I'm actually I am a mentor for MBA students at the University of Tampa. And one of the students that I'm working with, we were talking about, you know, where she wants to get internships and what she wants to do after she graduates. And her biggest thing is she wants to work for Patagonia. And the reason number reason why is because of their 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 causes, everything that they Mm -hmm. stand for, their values. And of course, we had the conversations of what if you can't get a job with them? What if they're not hiring for for your skill set in a position? What if it's 10 Mm -hmm. years before you get a job with them? What do you do until then? And we then created a list of this is why she wants to work for Patagonia, the values, what's so important, Mm -hmm. and saying, okay, well, this is, this is why, this is the number one reason is their values, their causes and everything. Are you mm-hmm. going to be happy with a company that doesn't align with that somewhat? And the answer was no. So it was, this student knows when she's going out to look for jobs that mm-hmm. her number one thing, besides making sure that it's the right fit skill-wise, is mm-hmm. looking at the company values. Yeah. Yeah, what we're finding um, is that uh, well with 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 millennials that not only do they they want purpose but they're they're far more uh, interested in I mean the benefits is you're talking about attracting um, you know great talent uh, team members is that you think about what what they value and, and you know you got companies um, trying to like Google. Uh, you know, where, where, um, I th- Patagonia is a great example. You know, they, they started out, um, they're just a bunch of mountain climbers and, uh, just making little, uh, clips for the, you know, the, the things that they, the, uh, pitons, you know, they, they hammered into the, the side of the mountain. They're like, we can't, we need to stop hammering into the side of these mountains. You know, we're going to ruin these mountains. So they developed a technology that slips into the cracks and, and uh, that's how they started because they, they just cared about climbing. I mean, they just wanted a better way to climb and they're thinking, look, we're messing up climbing for a lot of people because we're damaging the, the mountains. And from there, you know, they, they grew their little team. They started having babies. They bring their babies to work. They bring their dogs to work. And this is the kind of environment that is going to be attractive, I, I think, uh, well, to a specific, probably millennials, a specific demographic, a type of type of person where they want the flexibility to, to you know, to know that, uh, you know, they can have freedom, they can have their time off, they can have, uh, they have a place to raise their kids if, you know, bring their children if, if they start having babies or if they have babies, you know, so, so some of, some of these questions are, ones that your your leaders your business owners really should be thinking through if they want to have the best talent not everyone is extrinsically uh motivated in fact more now than ever the millennials are intrinsically motivated meaning they are motivated by the freedoms that they can that they're offered they're motivated by purpose and 
uh, fulfillment and you know those kind of things and and that's that's what you want from your workforce if they're only motivated by by carrot then you know your carrots is going to have to get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger but if they're motivated uh, intrinsically by what inspires them what what motivates them what makes them feel fulfilled and what you know they, what they feel rewarded by then then that's what you want to focus on and, and the stronger the better your cause is the more unified your team's going to be around that right i love all that all right tim i think we are getting near the end so how can people get in touch with you if they want to talk more about this sure um you know they can reach out to me i think i'm on most of the platforms uh, we have a website called socialeconomics.us.us, not the United States, but you and me, <laughs> us. <laughs> and uh, you can reach out to, to us or me through that. My email is tim at socialeconomics.us. And uh, I'd be happy to, to talk with anyone, especially local business owners. I, I have a passion for for folks that are just trying to figure out, you know, ways to establish themselves as social enterprises, and um, and I and I'll give away, you know, all all the thoughts, and I'd uh, be happy to, you know, consult, uh, you know, have an initial consultation for for nothing because I I really do uh, want to see businesses become uh, the vehicles for social change. And um, yeah, if I can help help do that, that's that's what I'm here for. Awesome. And I'll be sure to include all your links in the show notes so people can easily reach out to you. Awesome. All right. And I like to end all my conversations with the same question. So we've all had leaders or managers that stood out to us. Think of the most impactful leader or manager you have had. Can you share with us what made them stand out to you as a great leader? I had a guy when I moved to St. Petersburg that I worked for, and uh, he had his faults, but he was he was uh, he was great in my mind. Uh, one because he knew how to somehow inspire people, and and I wish I I could tell you his secret for for doing that. I think he had great vision, uh, and the things that he called people to were things that were very attractive and challenging. And the other thing that I learned from him was to be sure that you always live in the moment, to not get so far out and thinking about accomplishing your goals and, and aspirations that you forget to, to actually taste the food that you're eating, to smell the air that you're breathing, to feel the things that are around you, to use your senses in a way that reminds you that you're alive and that there's that life is good and uh and there's so much more to life than just driving and driving and driving so those are the things that that i really appreciate about him oh, that sounds awesome all right thank you tim so much for coming on the growing your team podcast i really enjoyed this conversation thanks jamie it's been a pleasure and that wraps up this episode of the growing your team podcast do you have questions about anything discussed in today's episode? Or do you have other questions related to hiring and managing your team? 
then I invite you to join us over in the Growing Your Team Facebook community. The group is designed to provide you support as you grow and manage the team who will save you time and earn both you and your business more. So come on over and join us in the Growing Your Team Facebook group and let's grow you the team that you need and deserve. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Growing Your Team with your host, Jamie Van Kite. Be sure to subscribe and head on over to growingyourteam.com to connect, access the show notes, and discover more ways to hire and leverage your perfect fit team.